Hey, podcast listeners, this is the Chris and Dan Garbage to Gold podcast. My name's Dan. And I'm Chris. And we are excited that you are here. We are in episode three. And Chris, this is going to be the best episode yet. Yes, it is. Now, why do I say it's the best episode yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have any good stuff here, but I'm speaking life into it, right? If if I say this is going to be the best episode yet, it's going to be the best episode yet. And believe it. Things that you say, the words that you say have an influence on how you think, how you act. And by me saying this is going to be the best episode yet, we've got it in our minds that we're motivated. We're going to make this episode the best one ever. Our, our words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words that we say can bring death or it can bring life. And I want my words to bring life into this podcast, into the lives of others. I'm with you, man. Like last week we said uh, we sow seeds. Like when we open our mouths, we sow seeds, whether they're good Mm -hmm. or whether they're bad. So I'm with you 100%. This is going to be a great podcast. That's right. And not just because we're saying it. we got a lot of good stuff in here. So let's get it. So, Chris, we have a new Facebook page. Yeah, it's cool. It's called Chris and Dan. If you're friends with us, uh, you got an invite. And if you haven't accepted our invitation, we're going to unfriend you. <laughs> yeah, boo, we say to you. Yeah, so if you haven't responded to our invite yet, you, you've already been unfriended. <laughs> but it really... If you don't, we still love you. Yeah, even if you don't, we're not going to unfriend Even if you don't. We we like you no matter what. And if you haven't accepted our invite on the Facebook page, that probably means that you're not even listening to this podcast. So we're just talking to nobody right now. (laughs) Yeah, we're just talking to each other at this point. Hey, Dan, remember that time? It's 1992. I remember where I was in 1992. So I was in, in the Tumsuba. sixth grade, maybe. Yeah. We were fishing in Tumsuba. And... <laughs> I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> so we're at a catfish pond. And and we were just on the bank, had our two you know, rods and reels. And all of a sudden, Dan's court goes under. Not only does his court go under, but the fish takes Dan's pole into the water. Dan takes off his colored tube socks, his LA gear, and he jumps into the pond and goes after it. Not today. You're not getting my pole. I am not going to lose my pole. (laughs) This fish is not going to take my pole from me. The fact that you had the presence of mind to take off your socks and your shoes. Well, right. I don't want to get my tube socks wet. I mean, those were my best (laughs) pair of tube socks. It was the the blue and red striped (laughs) tube socks. Uh, those aren't getting wet. To this day, this guy still has his fishing poles locked up in a gun safe. <laughs> Along with my tube socks. <laughs> what, what's wrong? <clears throat> I need to do that. What? I needed to do that. Oh, okay. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, I messed that up. Sorry. It had to happen, though, man. Yeah, oh, sure. Sure, I, I get it, you know. Post, post-corona. Yeah. yeah. I, I still got some... Rona left in you? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, hey, man, since we've had the coronavirus, right, have you ever been in a situation in a grocery store or at work or something and you need to cough so bad? Oh, man, all the time. But, I mean, people look at you weird. Yes. They don't they, want you around if you're coughing. They do. They, I mean, they don't care what you're coughing for. I mean, I got sinuses, you know. I, mean, I got a noodle stuck in my throat. <laughs> you know that look? I know like when you look. cough and then people turn around, they look at you. Yeah, dude. It, they just make you feel so Terrible. bad. Yes. Yeah. My coughing should be out loud. <laughs> no coughing. I was reading on ESPN this week 
uh, about Sammy Watkins. Now, he's football, right? So you may not know Sammy Watkins, right? But he's a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Kansas City Chiefs, you got Patrick Mahomes, quarterback. They won the Super Bowl this past year. The, the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to lower their salary cap. And so they had asked him to restructure his contract. And he was willing to do it. And he was willing to get paid less money just to stay with a winning team. And so I was thinking, would I be willing to do that? Normally, you don't hear much about that. You know, normally, it's players trying to get more money, as much money as they can, so they restructure their contract so they can get paid more. Okay, so I thought that would be a good question to ask you, Chris. Would you be willing, in order to get paid more, play on a losing team, or would you rather play on a winning team and get paid less? And that's easy for me. I would choose to get paid more to be on a losing team. See, I don't think that's fun. I mean, so you're guaranteed... To be in a losing team, you're never going to go to the playoffs. I mean, you get more money, but what, what does that really mean? So, in life, when you go through hard times, it builds character. Uh, I'm trying to grow. Mm -hmm. so, so, you're saying playing on a losing team would build your character. Right. And, and it, you're getting paid more money. It built my bank account. So, <laughs> so it's a win-win situation It's a win-win situation for me, man. What about you? See, I think I would want to play on a winning team, even if that means getting paid less money. I mean, we're talking about NFL contracts, whether I get paid $11 million compared to $10 million. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know? so, so getting paid less. Well, I forgot about that. You know, I'm okay with that. But, you know, it's, you, know, you want to play on a winning team. Sure. So I think I would take less money to play on a winning team. I understand that. So we'll ask you the same question, podcast listeners. Would you rather get paid more money to play on a losing team or get paid less to play on a winning team? If you have a strong opinion about this, go on our Facebook page, Chris and Dan, Garbage to Gold, and tell us what you think. So last week we talked about Paul, right? He was a pretty messed up guy before Jesus changed his life around. Pharisee of Pharisees, persecuting Christians. And he was in the New Testament, right? So I thought... This week, we take a look at a guy in the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament has, man, so many great stories in it. And one guy that came to mind was Jacob. Uh, in Genesis, he was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. But Jacob, he Esau. had a twin. His twin was Esau. That's right. And Esau was the older one of the twins. Hairy guy. He was hairy. He was, he was a red, hairy guy. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was a big, hairy, manly guy. Manly. Uh, uh, he would walk around carrying an axe, had the flannel shirt. <laughs> but that's Esau, right? He goes out, he hunts food, he brings it back. He kills bears with his bare hands. Kills bears. Tough with guy. Bear. Yeah, tough, tough guy. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Jacob, right? He's mama's boy. He's a mama's boy. He's not real, a real go-getter. Right. He, he likes to stay home. He stays home, stays in the kitchen with his mama. Helps her cook. Jacob was a shady guy. He was a very shady guy. He was a con artist. He was a swindler. You know, his brother, Esau, or he was the older one, right? So he had the birthright, uh, which just means that he... Because he was the oldest son. Right, he was the oldest son. He was, he was going to get the inheritance. So Jacob was a shady guy, but God still used him. Wait, what? Yeah, God still used whoa, him. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're telling me that Jacob was shady. Yeah. He, so he, he stole his brother's birthright. So is this guy from Meridian? I think I know him. <laughs> I think I know this guy. But no, seriously, I don't think so. but, but he was messed up. So, but, but God still used him. He did. Wait a minute. That's that's crazy. So God uses messed up people, and He turns them into what He wants them to be. That's right. Oh, but I think we should read about how He stole the blessing. Yeah, no doubt. That's okay. good. So that's that's in Genesis yep. twenty-five. It starts in verse twenty-nine. All right, Genesis twenty-five, twenty-nine. Yep. 
Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So that's pretty shady. So Jacob, I mean, his own brother is hungry. His own brother. I mean, he can't be that hungry. Well, he says he was famished. Okay, so that means he was, he's been out. Okay, so he probably yeah. been out, he'd been out hunting right, for a while. Right, so he'd been out hunting. So it'd been days since he's had anything. It could eat. have been days since he's been. And what sounds gross to me, the red stew, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Jacob's like, man, it, that looks and smells good. I want some. Uh-huh. And I need it. Yeah. And this really seems like a premeditated thing on Jacob's part. Right. I he mean, knew he, he was going to be hungry. He knew Esau was out hunting. He knew he was going to be hungry. So he had that stew ready and waiting for he Esau had, to come He in. had the whole house smelling good. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. that's calculated right there, man. Yeah. That's premeditated. Yeah, he, he had it all planned out. So Jacob's con artist, right, just, just did his brother wrong. And it doesn't stop there. Oh, no? No. But wait, there's more. He took his blessing also. His blessing. So we need to understand exactly what a blessing is in those times. Right. When we think of blessing, we probably think that we're praying before a meal. But back in the Old Testament, I mean, the blessing was something much, much more than that. It It had so much weight on a person's life. You know, this is something that Isaac is speaking over his son. You know, the blessing was something that you know, a father or, or anybody really would speak out loud. They were just words being spoken over, positive and encouraging words spoken over a person's life. And they saw it as if they said it, it was going to be done. God was going to see that that blessing happened. So I can't understand why he wanted a blessing. Yeah, definitely. So this blessing that Isaac was going to give to Esau I mean, it was basically a blessing that he was speaking over him, asking God to fill him with riches, to give him in in abundance. I mean, this was a very powerful and important blessing that Isaac was going to give to Esau. So this was like the blessing. This was the blessing, yes. This was so the you most ever, important thing. So if you were ever going to steal a blessing, this would be the blessing to steal. This is the one. So he had to break out all the tricks to get this blessing. All right, this was not going to be easy. All right, so so this blessing happened when Isaac was old. He couldn't see very well. Uh, th- and this comes up in Genesis 27. It uh, starts in verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son. And he said, I'm now an old man, and I don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and brought it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock. Bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing. Now Jacob says to his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. 
just do what I say, go and get them for me. So he went and got them, brought them to his mother. She prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. That must have been one hairy dude. <laughs> you had to get goat skins. Yeah, that's that's a hairy dude right there, man. I mean, I mean, he had to be really hairy. So what happened here was Jacob said, Well, Mama, you know Esau's hairy. What? I mean, Daddy's going to feel my arms, and he's going to know it's not me. And Rebecca said, Come here, baby. Let Mama help you. What we're going to do is we're going to go out there and get a goat. We're going to put some goat skin, goat hair on your arms. We're going to put it on the back of your neck. We're going to fix you up, child. And daddy's going to think that's Esau. And you're going to get that blessing. Verse 18, he went to his father. Isaac said, yes, my son. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him, and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. So Isaac touched the goat hair and the goat skin and and in his head he said yep that's my boy so in verse 25 jacob brought him the game and he ate it he brought some wine and he drank then his father isaac said to him come here my son and kiss me so he went to him and kissed him when isaac caught the smell of his clothes he blessed him and said ah the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. That's a powerful blessing right there. It's like no matter who tries to come against you. He's got God's protection. He's got God's full protection and full blessing pretty much. Right. So Jacob gets the blessing from Isaac. But now Esau's out there hunting and he's going to be coming back soon. So what's going to happen when Esau shows up? With some food. Expecting a blessing. And then Isaac's going to be like, oops. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so in verse 30, after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, The days of mourning of my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. So Esau's so mad, he's going to kill his brother. Yeah. So that just tells you how powerful blessings are, how powerful words are. Right, because Isaac said, I blessed your brother Jacob, and indeed he will be blessed. I mean, he's saying that I can't take back the words that I said. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. Okay, so I was at Wake Forest. I was working on my master's degree, and I was having a hard time. The classes were difficult, and I, I really didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. And so I remember I was talking to my dad on the phone, and I was just telling him how, how hard it was. And I don't remember anything else that my dad had told me on that phone conversation. But the one phrase that he 
said is, but you're not a quitter. And I can't describe how much that meant to me and how much that motivated me. It's when your father speaks over you, it becomes true. In my mind, I was I was wanting to quit. I didn't think I could do it. But as soon as he said that one phrase, but you're not a quitter, that's all I needed to keep going. So there was power in words. Yeah, because, hey, man, this is Dr. Watson right here. You didn't quit. You're not a quitter. You yeah. will see it through. And, and so, and so yeah, I went on and I finished my master's degree. And, and then I went on to finish my Ph.D. So Isaac's died. You know, Jacob's lived on his uncle's land. And Jacob's thinking Esau is going to kill me, so I better stay as far away as I can from Esau. But now, but now it's time. God has been blessing Jacob, and it's time for him to come home. So Esau, he's been waiting for a long time. And, he, and when Daddy dies, I'm telling you, man, baby, I'm telling you. When Jacob, when I see Jacob, he walks in this house. I'm gonna be laying for him. I'm gonna kill him dead on the spot. And so Jacob's really worried about this, right? And so let's see what happens. In Genesis 32, starting in verse 13, he says that he spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. So he's trying to buy him out. He's trying to keep Esau from killing him by giving him gifts. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, and 20 rams, 30 female camels, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. So if he has all those goats, camels, cows, and all that to just give to his brother, that means he was really blessed. He was. So check out the, okay, the blessing was a serious blessing. All right, so in verse 16, he put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, when my brother Esau meets you and asks, who do you belong to and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. So he was scared. He was scared. He wasn't going anywhere near Esau. <laughs> so he said, y'all look, y'all go ahead, but I'm going to stay here. And I'll be back in a little while. <laughs> I'll be there in a little while. Y'all stay there. Okay, but that night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Going on into verse 26. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I, I, I don't think this is just a man. I don't think so either. Right, and, and there's references in Hosea saying this, an angel. But Jacob knew that he wasn't a man. I mean, he's, he's thinking he's an angel or God or something, right? But, but he's saying that you may have beaten me, but I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, right? It's, it's that power of a blessing that was in Genesis. Wow. And in that blessing, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Israel, doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah, it's a country. Yeah, Israelites, yeah. right? God's chosen people. Or the Israelites were named after Jacob, 
right, who was renamed Israel at that time when he was wrestling with God. And so Jacob has this new name. And from here, God uses Jacob, now Israel, to form the nation of Israel. And Jacob has 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel. No wonder he stole that blessing, man. It was a big blessing. God loves us. I mean, this is just an example. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what we do. And what people, we've done. Right. It, we've people done. are so wrapped up in, is God pleased with us? Am I not doing enough of the bad things? Am I doing enough of the good things for God to be to be pleased with me? But I don't think that's the point. God loves us. No matter what we've done. And that's something that I'm still having to try to wrap my head around because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I want people to, to like me. And so I try to do good things so that people will like me more. That's how, that's how people work. The more good things you do, the more people are going to like you. But that's not how God works. I mean, He loves you no matter what. You, know, you do some good things, He loves you the same. You mess up, you do some bad things, He loves you the same. No matter what you do? No matter what you do, He loves you the same. And when we realize that, we can find rest in God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah, that's right. It, if we embrace what Jesus is just trying to show us, that God loves us, and there's nothing we have to do to earn His love, that's his rest. Do you know how powerful that is? <laughs> that is crazy love right there. It is, man. That is hard to wrap my head around how much he loves us. Because I've done some bad things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all done some bad things. Yeah. And people treat you different because of the bad things that you've done. But, but God, he will love you no matter what. No matter what. Whether you're killing Christians, whether you're tricking your brother out of his blessings... He will change your name. He will turn you into a new creation, a new person. Ooh, man, that's good stuff. It is. You grow when you learn how to deal with stuff that sucks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But it's going to be okay. Yeah, we want things to be easy for us, but that's not how we grow. I'm choosing a losing team. <laughs> that's, that's then, so so when you're on the winning team you got it good you got it, yeah, everything's you, you good you got you got it easy you learn by going through hard stuff yeah Dude, i have grown because of hard 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 stuff so I maybe mean, maybe i'm i'm seeing your way of it now maybe i should choose a losing team i can learn things from it I can learn more things from well, it. I can, I can my grow team, myself. Brother. <laughs> okay, I'm joining your team. How much are you paying? Not very much. Okay, so we've talked about how important the blessing is yeah. in speaking life over a person and, and how much that means and, and how God can use that. So right now, I want to pray over you. I want to pray a blessing over you. Dear God, help us to realize the power of our words. Help us to realize that that we have a choice of speaking death or life into those around us. And God, I know that the ones who are listening right now may be going through a bunch of different stuff, through struggles, through self-doubt, but I want to take this opportunity to speak over their lives. God, be with them. Give them the confidence that they need to keep going, to make that next step that they know they need to make. God, I pray that you will be with them. And God, I pray that your voice will be louder than the voice of the enemy. God, use every opportunity to speak into them, to let them know that you are there with them. And God, I pray that you would take away any anxiety, any fear that they have. Because if we know, if we truly know that you are with us and that you take care of us, then there is nothing that we have to fear. 
there's nothing that we need to be anxious about, that we can rest completely in you. So God, now I pray for your blessing over us, over these listeners. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives, and God, I pray that you would continue to draw us closer to you, to help us have that deeper, closer walk with you. Father, we love you, and we thank you, and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We just want you to know that no matter what your situation is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, you are loved and there is hope for all in Jesus Christ. You are never too far gone.